Hey, ladies, it's Dr. Eller. Is it possible that your anxiety is not from a Zoloft deficiency? Tune in and find out. Hey, sister, welcome to For the Love of Hormones podcast. If you have struggled with finding satisfying solutions to your fertility, pregnancy, and hormone issues, you're in the right place. Maybe you're ready to feel heard and supported beyond a quick doctor visit and prescription medication. If you're ready for real conversation about how God fits into the holiness of hormones, women's healthcare, natural remedies, and the Bible's view on fertility, welcome. For the love of hormones, ditch your afternoon cup of joe and sip on some mood-boosting matcha green tea with me, Becca Yon, certified femme educator and hormone coach, as we discuss with Dr. Jamie Eller more about the holiness of hormones. We're so excited that you are back with us today. And today we're talking about anxiety. And I'm so excited to kick off with that. Before we go into it, we just want to thank everyone who has left us a review. It has helped so much to have such a beautiful and strong start to our podcast, getting out to so many people in the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And please go ahead and leave a review right quick after this if you have not yet. So with that said, this is such a touchy topic. It's touchy, yet it's so widely accepted that everyone has anxiety. So let's just lift this up before the Lord in prayer and just really ask him to guide us and especially Dr. Jamie as she really shares what the Lord has shown her with this unfortunately common issue and how we can combat that through the Lord and the Holy Spirit who's inside of us. Dear Father, we come before you. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for allowing us to be able to speak on this issue that so many women are dealing with on this podcast. Thank you, Father, for filling up Dr. Jamie with wisdom and knowledge to share with all of us on the truths of how the enemy is working in anxiety in women and also how he is utilizing some things, the standard line of care for dealing with this under his umbrella. And so Lord Jesus, we just pray that you would anoint this episode and we pray that you would reveal to us, reveal to our listeners, really truly what's happening under the surface, what's going on in the spiritual battle of this and what your desire is for us um, and how we can live in peace, Lord. Uh, We truly want you and we need you. I thank you personally for healing me from my anxiety, my postpartum anxiety. And we just pray for healing for anyone who's listening to this, God, please heal them. This is such a difficult thing to go through, Lord. And I pray that the natural tools that Dr. Jamie's gonna be sharing uh, will be helpful and supportive. Please speak through us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you for that awesome prayer. Yes. Okay. What do you got, Dr. Jamie? I know you have like a whole thought line behind this. And so I'm really excited to hear it. How much time do we have? (laughs) The goal is 30 minutes. Uh, But if we go over, we'll break it into two. We we will see what I feel like my pastor on Sunday morning. Can I have 10 more minutes? Right. I know. (laughs) No. So anxiety, we're um, talking about this as part of our series, Healing Your Temple. And one of the biggest things that comes up first that's been really common is anxiety. It's something that I encounter pretty much on a daily basis, especially since 2020. What in the world happened then? 
COVID. Right. Yeah. COVID. Um, so much happened then. And and it's not just, you know, because we're talking about this because of COVID. We're talking about this because so many women at some point in their life experience anxiety for one reason or another. It's super common in the early 20s. That's when I experienced anxiety for the first time really, really bad. And But there's, you know, there's so many reasons for that too. And then another common age group that I see anxiety in relating to the hormones too is um, that perimenopause, menopause stage where the progesterone is just taking a deep dive and not coming back up. So you'll see it from a hormonal standpoint there a lot. But um, anxiety can strike anybody at any time. It's a real problem, especially in this country. Yeah. And that's why we're talking about it today in this Healing Your Temple series, because so many times our cultures just want a pill, you know, goes to the doctor and maybe they want more than a pill, but that's all that most physicians can offer. So that's why we're bringing it up today because there is a lot more that you can do for your anxiety than just taking a pill. And that's addressing the spiritual side um, and the spiritual uh, warfare uh, that anxiety brings. So yeah, so let's go back to COVID times, right? Because everybody, no matter who you are, can relate to that, right? We all went through that crazy thing. And ever since then, we have seen a crazy increase in anxiety, depression, fatigue. It's just ramped up so much. There was a lot of fear during all that time. I don't want to trigger anybody and bring any bad memories or anything, but you know, there was a moment where, you know, we just, we didn't know what this was or, you know, and uh, there's a lot of, a lot of things done in, out of fear, right? To me, fear is that, that foothold, right? That foot that gets through the door and allows all of its other friends to follow it, right? So with fear comes anxiety, with anxiety comes feeling overwhelmed and depression. And then all of that often cycles on and on and eventually get to fatigue. So to me, it's, I see it as a spectrum of going from one end to the other and they're all tied together. And scripture backs that too. One of the scriptures that relates to this is Proverbs twelve twenty five, And it says, um, reading from the New King James Version, Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But it, and it goes on to say, but a good word makes it glad. So that there's hope, right? And then we'll get to to the word when we when we go through our tenets. But um, to me, I can't counsel people on this all the time. And I, I never say the same thing to different patients. But one commonality that I do tell patients that are going through these sort of things is God created us to be emotional beings. We are emotional, spiritual beings in a physical body. And he designed us to to experience all of these emotions. So a lot of times our culture likes to label the feel-good emotions as good and the feel-bad emotions as bad. And that's not true. They all serve a purpose, right? And so I always just like to remind my patients that, you know, sometimes feeling anxious is a normal thing. It's not, you know... You know, you just have to look at it and, and look at what's driving this emotion 
because it could be something that's totally natural. Yeah, nobody wants to feel anxiety. Nobody wants to feel anxious or stressed. But is there a legitimate reason that you're feeling this? And it's okay. You know, this isn't, you know, this isn't TikTok. The real world is not pretty sometimes. Um, So it's always good to have a healthy dose of a reality check of, okay, like I don't have to feel happy 100% of the time. And it's okay to feel these other emotions and just reflect on, on it yourself and just, you know, why am I feeling these emotions? Holy Spirit, can you help me see why I'm feeling this? You know? So I always always bring that up because a little bit of those feelings is actually healthy. It's when they start to affect your day-to-day life, your relationships, your job, those sort of things, your marriage, that, okay, you're, you're just dealing with a problem, right? And... When it gets to that point, not all of them are spiritual attacks, but there are quite a few that tend to be, maybe we just, we don't recognize them as spiritual attacks at first, but when you're getting to that level, it's certainly a possibility. Yeah. So when you say all that, I think of the verse to take every thought captive to Christ. Every thought should be be taken captive to him. And that's a discipline, you know, that's because they're... You know, First John 4, 18, it says, there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. And so when we are in perfect love with the Lord and we're taking every thought captive to him, when fear does pop up, we give it to him. And so it's like, if we can stop the cycle earlier to give our fears to the Lord and live in peace in the Lord, then the anxiety won't come up as much. And I wish I, I would have like heard that before when I was dealing with all of my stuff. Right. And also, oh gosh, there's this uh, church I follow called Mercy Culture and they just had over Father's Day, they had our, a guest speaker. I can't remember his name, but he, he touched on this topic of like, when you have those thoughts of like taking a moment real quick and just say like, okay, this voice, this thought, is it coming from me, God or the enemy? And, and like identifying that right then. And, and then if it's not coming from the God, then you need to give it to, give it to God. Like, no, you know, right. turn it over. I love that, that, that you thought of that because it's so true. So what are we going to do about it? Well, I think <laughs> you, another thing that I want us to reflect on is what are we not trusting God with to begin with? Oh, so like, what are we trying to handle on our own? And like, I think everyone listening to this podcast is dealing with something, whether it's your fertility, it's having a healthy pregnancy, preventing a miscarriage. That's such a big thing. Are we not trusting God with our families? Are we not trusting him with our plans, our hopes, our marriages, our business, like whatever, you know? And I'm, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of this one. I got too busy to, co- to c- consult God on this. I didn't take the time to stop and ask, Holy Spirit, what do you think about this? Right. Yeah. So I think in terms of the fear part, it's like, do we believe and embrace that God is with us? I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Do we, Are we there? Like, are we holding the rod and the staff? Um, are we confident that he is our protector and uses that to defend us and keep us on the right track? I think that's kind of the starting point. Oh, for sure. That's your that's your foundation. Yeah. Because 
you nailed it, girl, because without that belief, then everything else that I'm going to say doesn't matter. Right. So if we have that belief, if we're practicing being in God's presence of perfect love, then we shouldn't have to deal with the anxiety. That's like the first thing. But some of us, this is such a major stronghold. This is such a major stronghold that so many people are blinded with. And it goes into a lot of the spiritual warfare that we've talked about. It goes into, you know, I mean, good gravy, the the birth control pill, the xenoestrogens, diet, what people were, what we are eating in this country, what we're putting on our skin. All of these things are disrupting our natural flow of hormones and our endocrine system that the Lord has designed. And because of that, um, things aren't going so well. So can you speak like a little bit from a hormonal standpoint, what happens with anxiety? Because like, yes, there's the, there, like we have to see the full picture of what's happening in our bodies to understand how this is working and maybe to even identify, is this a spiritual attack or is the spiritual attack that I'm eating like crap or that I'm like using all of these horrible things? And then from that is doing my anxiety, you know? So I don't know. Those are some thoughts. Yeah. It's so weird because like the, the, sometimes the lines kind of get blurred. Like, is it just the food I'm eating or is this a spiritual attack? In my mind, in my perception, to me, the enemy is sending me that food. That That's a tool that he's using, right? Like he's using that food to throw me off. Because are we even being disciplined enough to honor our temple? And to honor the Holy Spirit that's in our temple with what we eat. Like that's a big discipline. And that goes back to Daniel. I mean, Daniel and his friends, they stood up and they ate the good food when they were presented with all of the glorious gluttony food, Uh which frankly, Mm -hmm. if I, well, actually not now, but before my healing journey happened, if I was, if I was in Daniel's shoes, I probably would have eaten all the crap. I probably would have eaten all the junk (laughs) and like not even thought a second about it. But God convicted right. Daniel on what he ate. And didn't they just eat vegetables? Or did they also, yep. they, they only they, eat vegetables? You know, they, asked, they only ate vegetables. And he asked to, he asked the, I guess you could call him the chef or I forget, the food master, just to give them, I think, a week. But he said, let us show you that we can be sustained by these vegetables because of their God. And that and that's what they did. He, you know, he they came back and reevaluated it. They hadn't lost any weight. They looked they looked the healthiest out of all of those boys that were there. Yeah, I know that's a rabbit hole, but it really it really does make a huge difference what we eat. Uh-huh. And I do think that is a tenet of what the Lord requests of us and asks of us. And it's one that, especially in our culture, we've really just put our hands up and said, "No, no, no, God, you can have all of me, but you cannot have what I eat or drink." Uh-huh. That's a problem. It is. It's a hard And that's discipline. just something, you know, and it's not something like, oh my gosh, I can't ever eat a piece of cake or something like that again. There are appropriate times for that kind of stuff, but that's that's one of those things where if it's something you need to work on, Holy Spirit will can, you know, he'll he'll nudge you on that. No. <laughs> and maybe your doctor too. <laughs> right. But like do we really <laughs> listen, you know? I mean, I remember being in college and I think you mentioned you were an athlete too. Were you an athlete mm-hmm. in college? Yeah, what did you do? I was. Oh, not in college. I went straight to nursing school. Okay. Gotcha. I wanted to go to nursing school, but I 
picked my sport instead. So I was a swimmer. I swam a couple of years into college. I swam from six to a couple of years in college. And I remember sitting with a nutritionist in good gravy. Like nutritionists should be trained in fertility education. <laughs> I remember his advice, mm -hmm. which honestly it wasn't bad advice, but he was like, yeah, you should eat completely whole foods. Maybe you can have a treat like once or twice a week. And at that time when he was telling like my 18, 19 year old self that I just looked at him and thought like, dude, you don't have a clue about life. And I mean, I was just so absorbed in pleasing myself and pleasing like, you know, whatever my desires were in terms of food. Um, and it's really something that the Lord has to, has to really convict us on and we really have to be listening to it. It wasn't until I went through all of my miscarriages and was at complete rock bottom and absolutely willing to do anything that I changed my entire life and my family's lives. And I'm really proud of that. And I'm confident in that because I know that I'm serving them the best way that I can with food as well. So I'm sorry, that was a huge thing. I'm good. That was a huge rabbit hole. I'm gonna but... catch a bubble like my two-year-old does <laughs> and let you keep rolling. <laughs> no worries. So um, if you haven't watched the first overview series, um, on healing your temple, you might want to check on that first because in that we discuss some different tenets that we can pull from. And so that's what I'll be referencing now because within each of these episodes, we'll kind of pull from one or two of those and, and talk about them. That's actually in part, so, part two is of it that part episode. Two? Part two. Mm -hmm. Yes, because that was a long one. So, you know, so how are we going to attack anxiety, right? Like what tenets can we press into? So, I mean, the first one that I personally would go to is prayer. Like that's the first thing I'm going to run into. Um, just talk to God. Just talk to him. We do so much, but God designed us to operate with him, not without him. And so just go into prayer and just start talking to God. And he already knows it all, but he still wants to hear from you and ask him for his guidance and his counsel. Philippians 4, 6, New King James Version says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Like, that's an awesome scripture to remind ourselves like God does not want us to be anxious. He wants us to come to him with our problems and, and pray to him. And supplication, that's a big word, right? So what does that mean? It means to earnestly or humbly beg with thanksgiving. So come with your whole heart open to him and ask him for what you need, right? Can we pause on that? Oh, we so can. We can look, oh do a whole gosh. episode on that, right? I just like, <laughs> I had, when you said that, I had this vision of Hannah in the Bible and her Thanks. in that moment, like she'd been dealing with infertility for so long and she went to the temple, the temple, and, uh -huh. and she was weeping. She was weeping. Like that's exactly what she was doing. Can you read that definition again? Uh, supplication to earnestly or humbly beg to earnestly or humbly beg. That's literally what she was doing. So, I mean, and when we do that and we make our requests known to him, his peace that surpasses all understanding 
will guard your heart and mind. So his peace will protect your heart and your mind. You will suddenly get the, those anxious feelings will go to peace. Those thoughts that won't stop, those lies I keep entering, he shuts them down. Um, whenever I get like that, you know, something happens and stirs up my spirit and I get anxious and, you know, you're, you end up going down this rabbit hole of a conversation that's never taken place and never will in your mind. When I, I catch myself and I, and I recognize that and I just ask and pray and like, no, like, I don't want this feeling. I don't know where this is coming from. Lord, can you please take it? Like, take this thoughts from my mind, take these images out of my head and I'm giving this to you. Yeah. And, and he will, he will take it. But the scripture and that, and a lot of times we will like quickly go over this, but it says, bring everything. That means everything, not just the little bits you want to talk about or, you know, are willing to open up to God. He wants it all. Yeah. Right. So when I think about this and I reflect on uh, what does prayer, what does your prayer life look like? Like, what does your prayer life look like? Are you, where are you praying? Are you in a prayer closet? Are you praying in bed? Are you in the car? You only pray, pray at church. Like, what does that look like for you? How often are you doing it? Are you a morning person, night person, all day person? Do you pray in, in silence and in spirit? Do you pray out loud? Are you praying in tongues? Like, what does that look like to you? Is it only for a few minutes? Or are you going for hours? Like, are you mm. fasting while you pray? <laughs> like, mm. there's so many ways that our prayer life can look. And it, and it will change in our seasons too, right? Things we're going through. And, and the more we lean into God, I think the more you're going to pray. That's so true. So the scripture also says, you know, we need to do this with Thanksgiving. And I think I've mentioned this before. Like I I struggled for a while with prayer. Like I just do like the quick little two minutes. God, you know what's up? Like I just didn't feel worthy of like telling him my issues, right? Like he's got bigger things to worry about. I live in a first world country. I have a decent job. He, there's people who need him more than me, right? <laughs> and I had to like, you know, get rid of that and cast that off. And like, no, I need to pray over every little thing. He wants to know everything. And one thing that's helped me expand my prayer life is to to think on the things that I am thankful for, to show gratitude. And that has really helped, helped me get into that mindset, if you will, just to just sit there and spend time with God and talk to Him. Yeah, is reflecting on reflecting on those things first before I even get into everything else, and it reminds me of everything that he's already done for me when I do that. Yeah, yeah, I have a little gratitude journal that I love doing that in um, just as one of my first things in the morning with my quiet time, and it it helps my memory and cognition to be like, what am I thankful for? <laughs> like, what what was I thankful for yesterday? What am I focused on today? So, so yeah, so. So prayer is so, so important. And I I'll, I have just a couple other verses that I'll just leave for like a self-study time for other people. But um, James 5.16 and Psalms 50.15 are some good ones to to, to think about on, on that topic. Awesome. So with that, another tenet that's so important, and it goes to 
another scripture that I really, really enjoy. And we've already, this one we've already said, Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Who is the word? Jesus. Now, so so spending time in the word, spending time with Jesus is so vital. I would um, give you some references for why um, getting all scientific on you because I know you like, I know you like the data. Yes. So there's been a couple, actually, if you actually look, you'll find quite a few uh, studies out there. The uh, National Institute of Health has several different studies that reference the benefits of reading scripture, but a few, there's been a a couple that really bring it to light. There was a study on a biblical program called the Healing Healing the Wounds of Trauma, and it was applied to a Riverside Regional Jail. It consisted of 210 men and women. It was a program that just engaged these people in like daily scripture. And after completing the program, the ones who actually did the program reported decreased anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and anger, decreased PTSD, which is a big deal considering the environment they're in. Right. That all those things went down. But they also noticed that they had increased emotional well-being. They had better attitudes toward God and the Bible. They developed beneficial characteristics like forgiveness, resilience, compassion, so that's a big deal to, I mean, it's a small program, but given the environment that this was done in, like right. comparing the people who did the program to who didn't, that's a really big deal. And then another program or another study, this one's my favorite. It's a little bit older and it's been repeated a, a couple times, but in 2009, the Center for Bible Engagement did a statistical analysis of eight. 1,665 self-identified Christians. This was an online survey on Bible engagement. So it was just a series of questions asking like, do you read the Bible? Do you listen to the Bible? How often? How many days a week? All those sort of things. And they found that those who read the Bible or listen, it didn't matter if they read or listened, but those who engaged in in scripture at least four times a week, experience lower odds in what I would call risky behaviors. For example, getting drunk, but there was 57% less likely uh, for those who read the Bible at least four times a week. Um, Adultery was 68% less. Pornography use was 61% less. Gambling, 74% less. Like, that's pretty significant. Wow. And what they did know was that people who only read two to three times a week compared to people who read zero to one times a week, there statistically was not a difference between those two groups. Wow. It was when you did, when you were at least four times or more, more than half of the week that were these t- changes seen. Um, but they also uh, had increase in beneficial behaviors, like sharing your faith. When you uh, read the Bible four more times a week, sharing your faith went up 228%. Discipling somebody else went up 231% and remembering scripture went up 407%. So it's it's very significant. And there was a similar survey done for about almost 3,000 people in the U.S. And they, this consisted of teens and adults. And it was the same thing. It confirmed the four, week, the four days or more a week uh, Bible engagement was beneficial. It, it was a reliable predictor for moral behavior. 
more than the traditional measurements that we've used before, such as church attendance or praying and all those things. So what they, the big thing with this one that I want to take away is that particularly the strong predictive factor was seen in teens. So reading the Bible four days or more a week was very significantly beneficial for the teen population, which is, we all know, is pandemic right now in its own sense for um, our young people today, anxiety and depression. So there is power in the name of Jesus, in the word of Jesus. (laughs) Oh my gosh, science backs scripture. So. Yeah, I mean, that's what the Lord is asking us to do. He's asking us to kneel at his feet and to be with him regularly, consistently. And it's always really cool to see numbers behind it too, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, that's really powerful. Did you learn something today about God's desire for your hormones? If so, please take a quick minute to review this podcast. It's the best way for more women like you to finally feel heard and understood about their God-given hormones. Thank you in advance for your review. If you're wanting to connect with me personally, head over to my website in the show notes to learn how. In any case, for the love of your hormones, I hope you enjoyed sipping on your matcha today. It's so much better for you than your afternoon latte. We'll see you guys next time.